Authorization required. Captain's log. The impossible has happened. Somewhere along this journey, we'll find a way back. Enter authorization code. We might have just discovered the first stable wormhole known to exist. Our mission is to go forward. But it's just begun. There's still much to do. Still so much to learn. Security authorization accepted. Command codes verified. Transfer complete. You're listening to An Hour with the Continuing Committee with your host, Charlie Plain. This is John Corbett. How might people on the message boards know you if they don't know you by name? Um, I'm the, I was the former elite coordinator for the committee for the last three years, and uh, you might have heard my name from the last uh, ten years I've been playing it. What's your handle, though? My handle is Killer B. Killer B. How did that come about? How did you come up with that name? Um, oh, man. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Jesus. Uh, uh, probably in the year 2000. Uh, logging on to this decipher board for the first time, I was watching um, the movie uh, Half Baked, and uh, I wasn't I wasn't stoned at the time, but uh, the, the the scene where the dog jumps out the window or something, he says you kill killer me, and for some reason it just happened to be a coincidence, and uh, that's what I went with. Nice, John. I have one question for you. Why does the world hate you? <laughs> well, that's the million dollar question, I guess, Charlie. Um. The, the, the short answer is uh, they hate me because I'm me. The, the the long answer, I guess, would be um, I got the, the, the bad habit of saying what's on my mind when it's on my mind. I, I guess it's my, my biggest asset and my, my biggest weakness. Um, you know, I, I say unpopular things if I feel they need to be said. Um, I'm a reverend. I make I make jokes, you know, about things that other people take seriously. It's, I just, I just have a philosophy. If someone takes something too seriously, then you shouldn't take anything too seriously, I guess. And I just, you know, I like to, you know, push the line, push the envelope. And uh, one, of, one of my other habits is, is that I, I call out, I call people out when when they're when when I think they're wrong. I mean, I, I call people out. I, I name names. And I mean, if I think someone's out of line or they did something they shouldn't do, I'll say it. You know, and, and people don't like me. That's just a general public. On the committee, I've been known as probably not a good thing, but I've, I've aired our dirty laundry. I said things. I named names. I mean, I, it's hard for me to keep. I don't keep. I, I don't. I don't have any secrets in my life, and I don't. I, I try not to have any secrets when it comes to even our, our truck business. So, I mean, I'm, I'm an open book, and I guess that's some people don't don't like that. Well, you know, I think there's degrees of of secrets. I think some things. I don't want anybody out there thinking that the continuing committee like operates in secrecy, like we do all this nefarious stuff. That's not the case. But I mean, card development, for example. I mean, you wouldn't if we showed everybody what we were doing as we were doing it. There'd be a number of problems. And I think so. And I think that's an example of where like secrecy is. I, I know you have an issue with the members of the rules committee being secret, and, and that's ultimately the head judge's decision. I think there are some compelling reasons for doing it. You obviously disagree, but at the same time, <clears throat> excuse me, at the same time, if you knew whom was on the rules committee, 
I still believe that you would, you know, you would respect Keller and keep that quiet. But you, you and other people have asked for more openness. And that's something that we've been working on over the past couple months and something we will continue to work on. But, but I, I hope you and others realize there's a line where, you know, if, if we tried to involve the entire community in car design, for example, it would take three years to make one set. Frost Nixon moment there. Uh, you've obviously been playing a long time. How did you get into Star Trek? Uh, way back when, in, uh, probably about 1994, 1995, uh, my, my dad's company moved down to Norfolk. And uh, when I was down there visiting, uh, I picked up a, a starter deck. And, uh, and the rest is, uh, rest is uh, sad dork history. Oh, yeah. Well, so... 15 years later, still playing. Um, well, let's let's talk about the World Championship Trek, since it, it's what you're probably best known for, at least in the CC era. How did World Championship Trek start and grow into what it is today? So take us through that. Uh, back in 2004, uh, I just came up with, a, you know, throughout the year, just... Uh, Every, every, you know, our usual monthly tournaments. We just, I just came up with a point system and just kept track of it throughout the year, just to see who the, who the better overall player was throughout the the, the year. Uh, and then in 2005, we we came up with the name World Championship Trek because we're, we're we're a bunch of bunch of wrestling fans. And uh, I think. About 2006, 2007, we came up with the, the split schedule format, which pretty much filled in the gap, you know, between the, the summer con season, just to give something to do in between uh, Origins and Gen Cons over, over the winter, just so you have something to do. Um, and then in uh, 2008, 2009, uh, that's when, you know, the committee started. You know, you, you called me up, and since uh, you guys in Ohio, and I think there was guys in you know, uh, London and Albany who, who gave, uh, who gave the WCT a shot, you know, in the pre-committee days, uh, you, you know, you called me up to, to bring it over to, to the committee. And, uh, you know, for the last three years, it's been, uh, it's been going strong. We've had, uh, I think we're up to 16 leagues now. And, uh, at the last, uh, at the last Champions League thing in Germany, we had, uh, 18 players and, uh, it was a, it was a big, uh, big event. And, and so the point of this was, to get people to play in the off season, or was it more than that? 
Well, it, it's the, the, the main objective for league play is to keep people playing. And uh, I, I've noticed even even for the most casual players, when they when they see you know they're uh, you know they're getting points every tournament, they just you know they just they just want to compete. It's not really about winning; it's just about competing. And people they they, they when they see they're, they're start getting points every month, and they just want to oh I want to come to the next one. I can have points at this one, and it just made people it made people play more to keep playing, you know, play different decks, and and, and, it, and it filled in. Filled in that gap between because you know when when worlds used to be in November when they moved moved worlds back up to August you know between you know you know continentals was you know in, in the spring early summer and then check was at the end of summer there was a big gap to fill and I, I thought league play would be a good thing to uh, fill in that gap. So it's it's really designed to be a different measure of performance other than ratings points. In, in a way, it's just it, it's it's a. I guess it's a good barometer to see who who the best local player is over the course of a season. Makes a lot of sense. So you did decide earlier in the year to step down as the league coordinator. And there's been rumors about why you did this and, and a lot of misinformation out there. So why did you decide to step down as the league coordinator? So after the fallout of Worlds, for the for, for two months, I was I uh, was screaming at the sky. Uh, I was doing my chicken little bit. The sky is falling, and, and to a degree, true, it wasn't the end of the world. But the, the, and I still believe that the game was in serious danger at the time. There was a lot of bad out there, and for two months, uh, I'm, you know, I'm yelling at the sky, I'm banging my head against the wall, trying to make people who who who, who weren't at Worlds or or just didn't understand the severity of the situation. And after two months of of, of of doing that, I finally felt a disconnect between the you know aspects of the committee design, the rules committee, you know, e- even at the top with you, and and the reality of the situation, of the, the the true damage to the game. And I, I, I you know after that feeling that disconnect, I, I eventually I eventually just gave up on the situation and figured you know there's, a, there's only so much you can do. You can only tell people so much, and if they stop listening, there's no point in. Uh, no point going on. Now, now, do you still believe that that I and and the others did not listen to your concerns? Are, are all of your concerns still present, or have they been dealt with? Well, about, I guess, about sixty to seventy percent of my current concerns have been addressed. When we're doing the, the autopsy of world, and I, I was making a joke that you know people aren't going to listen, and that's what kind of what happened. I, and I came up with the motto: if if, if you weren't at world, shut the f up. Because that's kind of the mentality. People think like I'm not saying you have to you, you had to be there to know, but being there gave you a whole gave you the full perspective that you need to, to know that the game was seriously damaged at the time. And uh, I, I, you know, it, it, it did take the time. Hopefully, I helped a little bit, and we're about sixty to seventy percent of the way there. But there are a few things that that still need to be addressed. Well, all right. The sky's no longer the sky's no longer falling, but you know. Well, what's what's on your list of stuff that still needs to be addressed? The, the main thing, the, the couple cards I still have on on my own, I guess I call it my personal watch list. Though, though I'm not a fan of uh, I'm not a fan of a, a watch list in general. It would be you know the the, the minor errata, the legacy. I think legacy does need to go under. Um, the, the combination of the, the Tricorder and Devella for the Starfleet deck, most people I don't even think are, most people are aware of that yet, but Tricorder plus Devella means you can do whatever you want. Most importantly, 
uh, and I mentioned this on the message boards, is Rolling Council. Uh, Rolling Council is the new, uh, it's a, it's a 1E card in 2E, and, uh, for some reason, people, people don't listen to me when I say that's, uh, that card's still, uh, it's gonna be a big factor in, uh, 2011 if, uh, it's not addressed. Well, let's talk about Ruling Council. What, what exactly are your concerns? Like, why is it, a, why is it on your personal watch list? It's, it's the 2E equivalent of Distortion of the Space-Time Continuum. It pretty much gives the shipping crew another turn. It just unstops them and keeps them going. Which, it, you know, between that, it, that and its uh, the stall mechanic of the deck, is, is, I think it seems a little too much. It's too strong. Be able to slow your opponent down with Wayun and also get the boost speed for for ruling council, the unstops. And I've heard uh, some arguments that, you know what, the world's deck didn't do it. Well, the world's deck didn't have to because the world's deck was broken. It didn't need that second part. And <laughs> well, well, no, that's true. But but let, let's take it, distortion of the space time continuum worked on anybody, any crew, any ship. This card is limited to Teraknor, which I think everybody can agree. Prior to peak performance, was tier five at best. Yeah, but, the, the, but we've, we've I've gone over it. to to make a, a bad affiliation good, the, giving them a, a almost broken card is. Not the answer, and the, the, the ability to play it having three, three Terranor guys, three one cost Jemadar sitting on the headquarters—that's that, barely a cost at all. Perhaps, but 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 let me ask you this: Terranor has just terrible people. Just, just I mean, just terrible people. And, and really, if you look at all the sources of information for Star Trek. Tarknor, the Tarknor icon, comes from six episodes out of, you know, a thousand in the spectrum. There's really nothing more that can be added to Tarknor. They can't get more people. They can't get better people. They, they've got what they've got, and that's it. But if you add that to the fact that Ruling Council is an interrupt, and half the message boards these days are, are lit up with people talking about how interrupts are a useless card type because there's so much interrupt hate out there. Uh, is it really that this card is broken, or is it that people aren't dealing with, aren't playing card, uh, sorry, aren't playing decks or playing cards in their decks that can deal with interrupts? Well, I, I don't I don't feel there's an overabundance of interrupt prevention. Other other than grab trap, unless you're playing a deck with a personnel who can, can uh, kill interrupts like Gila, um, Original series Cisco, um, Defiant Kira. There's not an overabundance of interrupt prevention. So, and the, the the main point is, it's one of them cards, ruling council, that if you're not prepared for it, it will absolutely demolish people. And I've seen it happen in locals where people, you know, it, it just it, they run through, you know, new players, casual players. To to, to have a card. Constantly hanging over your head when you're making decks is not good for business. I shouldn't. It goes to like an overall philosophy of the game. I should when I sit down to build a deck, and we all but should have to factor these monster cards like Legacy or or Rolling Council. We're building a deck. We shouldn't have these black clouds hanging over our heads. Well, okay, uh, I'll concede that Legacy can hang over your head like that because. You well, have to, council can too. That's but, what people. But but does it, does it really? It's just an interrupt. It's not. Yeah, but all you need to do is put 
a, an interrupt prevention or two in your deck, which is useful against other stuff. Whereas the stuff you put in against Legacy isn't necessarily useful against other stuff. Broadcastle doesn't even go out of the game. It goes in a discard pile, which they're going to get it back. Tarak Nor has six between grab traps. They also have death and glory. So whatever I play, if it's not a personnel to stop your interrupt, you're going to stop it. It's just not going to work between... Yeah, Tarek Nor's going to have six interrupts to, pre- to prevent... Okay, so so basically you're saying Tarak Nor gets this good trick and then has enough stuff to pre- prevent you from preventing it that it's a problem? Yes. So what's your solution? Uh, I would make it at least at least six Tarak Nor people to, uh, you command to play it. That were, would require you to at least leave six guys at a headquarters. That's a little bit more of a cost. And the second thing is, I would remove it from the game when it's played. Their ability to 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 bring it back with cards like uh, Feast of Dying and, and, and other things makes it the ability to play it six six plus times a game is uh is not good. All right. So we were talking about um, before we had the technical difficulties. We were talking about. Uh, Excalibur drama and uninvited. So your your problem with Excalibur drama then is um, that you don't consider cards in hand a resource uh, uh, enough of a cost, and that it's integrity. And there are too many affiliations that can't beat integrity walls. Yeah, the the, the cost to reward ratio is it's way out of balance. You know, late game. You know, by late game, I'm sure I have two or three cards in my hand that aren't aren't, aren't going to kill me if I lose. So, I mean, it, you know, making a, a fully integrity, 45 integrity wall is going to stop most affiliations, you know, if I stop one or two guys in front of it. So, but with Uninvited, isn't it a good thing for the game to have the ability to go get a weapon against different decks out there? I mean, let, let's be honest, Kirk was running rampant around the scene for a while, so being able to go get a secret identity to deal with Kirk, is that a bad thing? Well, that, that part's not a bad thing. I, you know, like, like I said, the, the card itself isn't, isn't so bad, but the, the, the side effects, you know, if I got eight dilemmas under a mission and you're able to still download a card that could potentially stop all my people, I, I don't think that's what the card was meant to do. Yeah, downloading a secret ID to get rid of one card, that's, that's, not, that's, that's, that's a good thing, but there's, there's you know, the, the cons outweigh the pros by far with this card. Well, I suppose it is It is a good card, there's no doubt. I just, I think it's a mechanic that's good for the game. I mean, it's limited, it's an interrupt, and as we've discussed, and, and various people around different parts of the world will tell you, interrupts are either good or you are useless, so I suppose time will tell if uh, it really is an abusive card or not, so. Let's talk about current events. Uh, as the fact that we're talking would indicate that we don't hate each other, but as many of you may know, I recently laid you off, so to speak. I fired you, and that was a consequence of an altercation that took place uh, mostly behind the scenes between you and a couple other people. But the root of the issue isn't you. You are obviously an experienced player. You're a good guy. I get along pretty well with you. Uh, you know a lot about the game, and more often than not, you're usually right when you say something. Um, you're an invaluable resource to this community and this committee, but the bigger issue has been 
I guess, censorship, for lack of a better word. So let's just talk talk pretty straight about that. What was your take on the whole situation and all of the recent events? To the to the decipher days of when you know anything if you said something unpopular it would get banned or your your my handle was banned I can't remember how many times back in the decipher days and we, we've gotten we, we've come back to that a little bit where if something isn't something's just not nice or something's unpopular it'll it'll get the thread will get locked or the you know the, the post will get taken down. And it's, it's not even about, you know, my, my only, my line is, is if I post something, if my, if my kids saw it, you know, would they, like if it was nudity or profanity, if it's something just in poor taste or if it's something that's just, you know, you know, oh, that's messed up or something like that. I, I don't think that's, that's not, that's just, you know, that's just free speech. I mean, if I say something, you know, that's just messed. You know, I, I, I got a, you know, a, maybe a, a little twisted sense of humor or whatnot. But I mean, un, unpopular speech is, is healthy in, in, in my in, in my mind to just having a, a, a good community, an open, you know, forum. I mean, I, I don't understand what, what are what are message boards for other than just you know people's random thoughts about things. Well, you know, I'm a big fan of free speech, and I'm a big fan of of a lot of what you're saying, but. How do you resolve the situation in a community where you post something that you and others may not find offensive, but other people do? How, how do you, you know, the job of the moderator is to sort of moderate, be moderate, and maintain that line where maybe not everybody's getting to do it and say everything they want to say, but everybody's at least comfortable. So how, how does that fit in with, with what? you know, the concepts of free speech and, and what you're talking about. Um, there, there's a quote. It's one of my favorite quotes. It, it, the only valid censorship of ideas is the right of people not to listen. You know, I have the right to say, you know, there's something like if I say something like, you know, I don't like me because I'm, 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 I'm an irreverent person. I'll say things, you know, I'll make jokes about, you know, Jesus land or, or just, you know, things that, you know, are just a little, you know, rough around the edges. If you're, if you're, you know, an evangelical Christian from Nebraska, you're probably going to get a little annoyed by the things I say, but I have the right to say them and you have the right to just ignore them. You know, you know, it's just, you know, to, to, for someone to, desi- to, to decide what it, what should be, what's, you know, uh, contribute, contributes and what, what's, you know, What's right and what's wrong? Once you open the door to to, to judge that, you, you just it's a Pandora's box. You know, you, you start going too far. Like, who's the judge to say what what what's offensive and what's not? If it's not profanity and if it's not, you know, nudity. I mean, we, we know what's what's like. If you can't bring it up on, on on your job, if you can't go to a message board and see like a picture or words that are, like, if it's not that, like, we know where the line is. If it's just poor taste, that's that's not over the line. That's just just ignore it. You know, if you don't like it, move on. Well, I, I, I for the most part agree with you. What what I think is, I know for me personally, there's not a lot that bothers me. You know, I, I hear a lot from people when so and so says something. I, I hear about it 
and I, I'm, I'm supportive and I, you know, I, you and I have had many conversations over the past two years about John, you shouldn't have said that or John, don't do that. And, and you know, <laughs> you, you've backed off at times and you've, you know, you have been respectful of the, the, the line and the fact that the line isn't changing. It's just, I, I think what gets me more than anything else, and I know what's gotten a couple other people is, an increasing amount of times over the past year, there have been what I'll call, uh, I don't know what the right word is. I want to say flame wars, but that's not really what it is, but where two or more people get into it and go back and forth and take, take a topic that, you know, was valid and, and interesting. And then maybe there was an irreverent post or a slightly off topic post, but then, it, then it turns into a, a pissing match for lack of a better word. And, and I'm not going to name names, but there are, you know, you're referring to hijacking threads, as I call it. Yeah, sure. That's a good. That's a good way to put it. And I know that that not only is it taking the thread away from where it was was, you know, which I, in that case, I don't have a problem with a moderator coming in and saying, "Okay, we're off topic. Lock the thread. If you want to talk about something, talk about the original topic. Make it again." But it just sometimes they get they escalate. And I think that's a problem for me is, you know, you may make a post and I'm just going to use you as an example because you're here. You may make a post that in your case is irreverent and, and is and is funny, but might offend a couple other people. Well, then the people who are offended post back and then you post back. And then at some point somebody es- escalates it to a personal level and now it's a giant fight. So is is that does that situation fall under still in your mind the auspices of freedom of speech, or is that something where moderation should be used? To, to, to a degree. Of course, I mean, it, it did ha- I, I, I've made it my resolution to, to cut that out, to stop, uh, you know, me and other people hijacking other people's threads. Yeah, you shouldn't, every post shouldn't turn into me or somebody else going back and forth, but to another degree, every, every post uh, eventually turns into another post. I mean, no no message board thread can go two or three pages without veering off topic into some other way back and forth. I mean, nothing. It's just it's just nature of people. We get talking about one thing and something else pops up. So people gotta realize, okay, yeah, two people shouldn't hijack a thread by starting their own little battle on the on the on that thread. But of course, things are gonna go a little bit left and right from the original topic. So. I mean, it, it falls under both. People need to be, you know, stop. Be, people like myself need to, you know, and other people need to, you know, you know need to stop to, to, to calm it down a bit. You know, other, you know, moderators and whatnot need to know that, you know, it doesn't. Every every post doesn't need, you know, has to be has to be on topic. Has to be about this topic. I mean, it's just a message board. You bring up an idea, and then you know, you know, things go back and forth, and it, it turns into whatever it turns into. Now, I think one of the other factors that uh, was involved was. That there are a lot of people out there who feel that an individual who has, you know, they call it the green badge, where it's, there's a little badge under names that say on the continuing committee, and it rep- means you're a, you know a volunteer who either helped found the organization or works in a you know major behind the scenes way. I I as the chairman have always granted the people who wear that that badge pretty much unlimited freedom to say what they want to say. Behind the scenes, there's, you know, other than calling somebody uh, names, there's complete freedom. And in the public, I've never said 
There's never been any rules like you can't say this or you can't say that because you're wearing this badge. But I know there are people out there who felt that the continuing committee badge, the color, so to speak, uh, requires you to, to go to a higher standard. How much of that do you think was a factor? And what are your thoughts on that? Um, you know, my policy versus public perception. Well, if, 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 so, if, if somebody thought I was going to hold up to a higher standard just because I had a green badge, they, they didn't know me very well. But um, it, it's too true to a degree. I mean, as a committee member, we shouldn't, I, sh- I shouldn't be, I should, I'm, I'm fired now, but <laughs> I should have been out there maybe engaging in some of the, some of the, you know, back and forth banter with some people. But I mean, one, we're all volunteers. So, I mean, as a volunteer group, you know, we, you gotta, people gotta speak their mind. And number two, I think that it was also used against me in some situations as people saying, you know, you, you shouldn't say that. Or I don't think anybody thought that I was an official voice of the committee. I mean, I was. If you saw like on the league, if you read the league boards, which was you know in my office, in my in my in my domain, yeah, all that was official. I mean, people got to realize the context in which they were reading things. If you read something on the the, the league boards, everyone saw that all that stuff was you know you know me giving information to league directors, all that stuff. You didn't see any any back and forth, you know, flame wars, all that stuff like that. Now, if you go over to the to the the, the, the BS boards, all the, the, the open forum boards, and I say something, well, that's that's where you're reading it at. People have to take things in context. You know, if I'm posting my random thoughts on, you know, something on the everything else board, it's, it's everything else. It's, you know, people got to realize what they're reading and where they're reading it. And I agree with you. I think that everybody who wears the CC badge, everybody who's a member of the community at all, is here because they want to be. And especially the people that are are volunteering, they're doing a lot of work for nothing. I mean, they don't get any paychecks. We get, you know, we send out a couple foils here and there to, to the members of the committee as a thank you. But, and I'm talking virtual foils. I'm not even talking decipher foils. The, the ability, the privilege of speaking your mind is extended as a courtesy. And I want everybody out there in the, com- the community to understand that, that I don't want this to turn into, let me think of, if we were, if we were a company like Decipher, if, if we had stockholders or we were making money or we were, we were all getting paid for this, absolutely there would be a code of conduct in place and official people would only be posting official things except maybe in like on the buzz forum where uh excuse me <coughs> sorry except for maybe on the buzz forum where it's like wide open but we're we're not you know nobody's drawing a salary for this we're not beholden to any shareholders we're not trying to sell you product so i don't see a problem with allowing you know you and and, and johnny and Dan and whomever from saying what they want to say because you know freedom of speech is important to me I just don't want things to get ugly you know we don't want people leaving or not joining because of what goes on in our message boards because of the way that anybody acts or the way that somebody says and and that's all I really care about 
you know, other than that, I encourage everybody to say what they want to say as long as you say it. You know, you start dropping f bombs and calling people names, then that's a problem. But if if you're have a point and you make it, you know, intelligently and eloquently and and respectfully, you should be allowed to say whatever you want to say. And it, it, a lot of people, your point's valid. People think a lot of things I hear is, oh, you're gonna you're gonna scare people away. And I have a tough time, you know, holding to that. I mean, if you go to a message board and you saw profanity or nudity, you'd be like, well, I'm getting the hell out of here. If you, if you go to a message board and you, and you saw something and you thought, oh, that guy's a jerk, and, and, and oh, I'm not going to play this game, I, I just like, you know what, the, the, who would leave their house? I mean, the world's full of jerks. I mean, I, I, it's just, I'm sorry, but if someone saw something on a message board and said, oh, I'm not playing this game because some something some guy said who's not even, that I never met, or, I, you know, I don't have to see on a regular basis, then, I mean... I'm out of touch with reality. Oh, I agree with you. So that actually brings up another topic that I wanted to talk about um, is recruiting, and especially recruiting at the local level. And I know that's something that you're facing and a lot of people are facing uh, across the world as they try to build player groups or expand their player groups. What, what type of issues are keeping you from recruiting at the local level. And then I want to talk about what we as an organization can do to support people who are trying to recruit. This was the, the great topic that led to me getting fired from the committee. Cause when I brought this up, I, I, I just said, you know, what brainstorming, I said, what can, what can we do? Because actually I, I'm, I'm not good at recruiting. I'm, I'm good at getting people to keep playing, but I was never uh, a cipher ambassador. Um, I mean, just I, I was coming to the committee for help, and then people there was a, there was just it was weird. It was just like a, a not like a backlash, but it was like oh, you know, it was it, it turned it, they're accusing me of you know what are you doing? You're doing nothing. Well, that's true. I am doing nothing because I, I don't know I don't know what to do. Um, I mean, other than I, I don't know, there's people are like oh, I put up flyers, I do stuff like that. I, I don't I'm not sure if if that'll work. The only, the only resource that I can think of to tap is, is Star Trek fans. Like that, that's all that's left. I mean, CCGs in general are on the, are on the decline. And I mean, I, I just, at the moment, I'm, I'm, I don't have any ideas. That's why I, I'm thinking we need a concerted effort by the committee to come up with some, uh, 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 an overall plan that people, you know, can, local leaders can do to, to get more, we need new blood. The game, the game is, is desperate for it. I just I have a tough time believing that this game can sustain itself for five to ten more years without an influx of at least at least a percentage of new players. Well, I will I will say we are picking up new players regularly. I mean, Gen Con the last two years we've had big recruiting pushes uh, and demoed a lot of people, and a lot of the people who demoed have subsequently joined the community. The the, the problem there is that we're getting one guy in Oklahoma and one guy in Chicago and one guy in in Indianapolis and one guy in Oregon and and you know two guys in Canada but from opposite ends of the country and and so then they come and they learn the game and they get really excited and then they go home and there's you know then what how you know exactly the things the things we've done <laughs> at, at the conventions have been fantastic but but like I Star, Star Trek is is kind of 
It's kind of run like like a resistance cell. There's just little pockets of players throughout the world, and it's it's hard to it's hard to to build. You have to build on the local level. I mean, sure, it's, what we do at Gen Con is great, but to actually grow in numbers, you have to expand from from the ground. It has to start with the, you know you know leaders at the local level to, to build the game from there. The answer to that, I don't know. That's why you know. I, I, I came and asked, what can we do? Because I feel that if we don't, if that doesn't become one of our main objectives in the upcoming years, um, you know, think things were started, we're, we're, we're a dying race, <laughs> uh, truck players. So we, we need, we need, uh, we need fresh meat. Well, I think that this is something that we should open up a public discussion on. And, and, you know, we need to find a way to enable that one guy in, Iowa or, or Idaho's by himself to get resources from whomever to teach somebody else how to play because ultimately, no matter what we do, it's it has to come down to somebody who has boots on the ground teaching people how to play and organizing events. You know, there's only so much that I can do from Sydney, Ohio, to help the guy in Idaho. You know, I can send him cards, I can answer his questions. But if, if that guy out in Idaho isn't willing to teach his buddies how to play or go set up in a game shop and do some demos, I can't help him. And we, and we also have to make an effort of who, who, who we show this game to. I mean, I, my, my, one, of my, one of my criticisms of the site for all the times is that they were trying to market the game to, to gamers. And it's kind, of, it's kind of tough because if you don't have an interest in Star Trek, you're really probably not going to play a Star Trek card game. You know, I have no interest in, in wizards and goblins, so I'm not playing Magic. You know, I watch Star Trek, so I play the Star Trek card game. So, I mean, we, we have to find, you know, it's, it's where, where we have to be. And I'm sort of, we have to, you know, just re-examine you know, who, people have to see this game. That's how you sell it. People just have to see it. It's a, it's a, it's a good game. We, we all play that, but we have to, you have to be able to, to get the, to get eyes on the game. It's, that's the question. How do we get people to see this game? Yeah, I think that's something we need to work on. So let's let's make that a priority for 2011, and come up with some ideas and try to put them into action. Because you know, there are a lot of people who want to play, but as as folks like Neil have, they have kids, and and you know, kids grow up and take up more time, then time to play is less and less. So so while the the members of the community aren't shrinking necessarily. The amount of time that those members have to play is going down. And and if people aren't playing, sooner or later, they'll just stop caring and we'll all be doing this for nothing. And, and nobody wants that. So, Well, I, no one knows more than me. I got three kids that, you know, you know t- t- time is a, is a limited asset. But also on the backlash of it, we all, we all have a hobby, so... It's it's been one of my pet peeves that people, you know, are are like you know they're too oh, I'm too busy I do too much blah blah blah. Hey man, no one's got no one's got you know go, more going on than me. So I mean, it's 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 tough. It's, it's it's a balance. But if you're if you're if you're in this game, there's there's got to be at least something you can do. It's you know, you can always it doesn't it doesn't take much to, to to contribute to the game. I think if everyone every community can. And contribute something, maybe just show one person the game. Like, hey, check this out. So, man, everyone has the ability to do something, I guess. Absolutely. 
tell me. Um, one of the things I like to do is is called a random card review, and I sort of dial up a random card and I ask you for your thoughts on it. And uh, the card I have dialed up for you is the Motion Pictures USS Enterprise from Allegiance. It's the seven-cost Enterprise that goes with the Motion Pictures team. So what are your thoughts on this Enterprise versus the others and this card in general? Well, I mean, it doesn't compare to the other ones because it can only it's only useful in the one, the one subset. Uh, but... Um, when they first came out, when that, first, when that subset first came out, I was one of the first one of the first guys. Not that it took a genius to do it, but I was one of the first guys to take it at a, at a tournament right away, and uh, I did very well with it. That's how we got to uh, realizing that the, the wording was wrong on the guys, and they all they all had to get reworded and whatnot. So, um, well, you know, that actually led to that situation led to a, a change in the way that rules and design interact, so that that type of mistake doesn't happen again. But, but, you know. So talk about the motion pictures team in general. I mean, are they still are they still viable? Are they still good? They're, they're still solid. My, my my main problem with them is that when we do, um, you know, because the the big one of the biggest things our biggest success of 2010 was um, coming up with the academy format. It's just a little idea that we came up with in Jersey. You know, I I, I ran that up the ladder, and uh, you know, you you took a look at it, you saw that it was solid, and uh, it's a great format. Uh, just uh, starters, commons and virtual cards, and, uh, I mean, they're still solid in constructed play. They're still a, a good deck, but when you play them in the academy format, they, uh, they can, uh, they can, uh, really, uh, do some damage. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, I, I don't know if everybody knows, but the, the academy format was, was created by you and your group, and, uh, we did it for the chairman's challenge, and it's, some people didn't like it, but a lot of people thought it was really fun, and I think we'll do something more with it in the future. I think, uh, we might even make it a, a replacement for. Right now, we have standard and virtual, <coughs> which eventually will merge. Uh, because at some point, as is, as has been discussed, at some point, most likely all cards will be printable, and at, at that point, there's no difference between standard and virtual. So I think Academy might be a good semi-limited format to be a replacement for what virtual is today. And uh, I definitely think we'll keep it around and do more with it. So kudos for that invention. Well, well thank you. Uh, but I, well, it came from the fact that I, I was just never a big fan of the virtual format because the Errata file was in there, and you know, Kevin Kirk inclusion in, in the Academy format, only cards with uh, V, the V rarity, you know, letter are, are legal, and of course, all missions are legal. But um, you know, if anybody who hasn't tried it yet, let me let me get a, a shot out here to try to sell this and give it a pitch. If you haven't tried this format yet, and you're trying to get players into this game, use this format. You know, everyone, we all have boxes of, of starter and commons, and obviously you can just print up the virtual cards. I mean, you can, if you run a couple of these formats, you can get new players playing, you know, like that. They can, they can have the cards in an instant, you're playing us. And the format itself, it's the most pure format that I've ever played in. There's, there's, I've yet to come across any kind of, any kind of broken cheese or any kind of, you know, yeah, Equinox is strong. You know, the the original series subset is strong, but you know what? Moral choices are common. So just you know, if you if you if you prepare for that kind of stuff, you know, it's still it's still you know, you know, it's it's a good it's a great format. It's easy to play. There's nothing wrong with it. I I, I say give it a shot. Well, and I will say too, as you know, 
Allegiance created this whole team concept. Well, it didn't create it, but it, it put it in virtual format. And since then, uh, there's been a team in every expansion. And, and by the time this podcast goes up, there'll be spoilers for the next set started. And people will know that the next expansion will have Bajorans in it as a team. I, I think that the factions that have a team get a little bit of a leg up in this format because they get a whole sort of like, here's a complete package that you could start with. And all you got to do is add enough cards to fill it out. And there you go. You know, Equinox was a team. Damage Starfleet was a team. TOS was a team. And they're solid. As more and more affiliations get teams, I think more and more affiliations will be at that really good level versus sort of like Borg are really tough to play in, in Academy. Maquis are really tough to play in Academy. But if we ever make a Borg team or a Maquis team, instantly they're a little better. So, Yeah, I, I tried uh, Borg and Maquis in that format. Borg, I, I had some success with Maquis. Maquis was, uh, was kind of rough. So, uh, But going back to the... the I'm, I, I, honestly, I'm not, a, I'm not a huge fan of the team philosophy of a team in every set. Maybe because yeah, I mean, I'm still sour from Worlds. I just think we have to be very careful of what that team, how much that team, you know, what, you gotta be careful of how much that team can, can affect. Like, Damage Starfleet was, was a little too much. We try to give them everything under the sun, and it didn't work out. Now, now, uh, Bajorans, you know what? They can use a boost. We have to be careful who we give the teams to, like, who, we have to give it to the, those who need them, and we have to be careful not to give them too much. Right. I think there's, there's a reason we haven't made a Klingon team or a TNG team. Because while there's a plethora of story that you could use, those affiliations in general don't need any any new help. And, and also to a, a degree, I, I, it, it reminds me, the teams remind me of Star Wars, how there's a different version. There's like eight different versions of every guy. I mean, I think there's still, there's still much to explore other characters that we can bring into the game that we don't need to make another another Benjamin Sisko. We don't need to make, God forbid, of course we don't need to make another Kira. We don't need to make any more Picards at the moment. I don't think we shouldn't, but I think we need to, we, we, can, we, we still have more to do besides just having, absolutely having to have a team in every set. I think that's a fair enough point. So I got one last question I want to run by you. If things were different and you were in my chair, How? what would you have done differently over the past year, and what would you differently going into the next year? I mean, I, I, honestly, I, I don't want your job. I don't envy your job having to deal, you know, manage all, all the personalities and, and having to put up with my uh, my BS. So uh, I don't, don't worry. I don't want your job. But, um, I mean, the only, the only major issue, and this is – I don't think this is something, like, overall, the structure of the committee, I would change – it's just one of my random things I, I, I have noticed over the years is that uh, tournament directors need to be a little bit tougher. I mean, especially at the big events. I mean, as a director, sometimes you have to make a call. And because there's been some minor disputes, there's disputes at Continentals, and there was a dispute at Worlds. And they were, they, they were handled, but I think they could have been handled a little more firm and a little more tougher. Sometimes as a TD, you got to make an unpopular choice. And, some, and, and you have to be afraid that you might make the wrong call. Sometimes sometimes you make the wrong call. It happens in sports. It happens in, in, in life. You know what? Sometimes you make a choice, you make the call at the time, and it turns out it wasn't right. And so, you know, the only thing I would, I would start to, 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 for 2011 is 
let tournament directors know they're the, you know, it's in the OP guide that they're the final say. Tournament directors always have the final authority. It doesn't matter. They don't have to, you know, there was, in a world someone had to make a phone call. And I'm not, I'm not, you know, they did a great job. The judge team, the judging team at world did a fantastic job. And it was a very tough spot they were put in. But, you know, and, and another thing, they, the, the concept of, of playing the game again, and this has happened even in the Decipher days, that I, I always thought that was a cop-out of tournament directors to say, oh, why don't we just play it again? That you can't do that. That has to, that, ha- that practice has to be stopped. We have to get that in the rules somewhere that, you know, day, day two, day two at Worlds is long enough. I don't want to have to sit another hour while, you know, I got two guys have to play another game because of some, of some dispute. I mean, disputes happen. There's always, you know, it's, it's a game with rules. There's always going to be problems. And that's what directors are for. They, they call it like they see it. So, I mean, well, yeah. you know, I, I agree with you for the most part. It, you know, two years ago at Gen Con, we had a fire alarm in the middle of a match. Well, that was, that was an extreme situation. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just think that, you know, whatever rules we do have, they have to be bendable enough to accommodate that. You know, obviously, if a match is in the middle of play and a fire alarm goes off and you have to evacuate, it's not really fair to say, oh, well, the game was started. Whoever was winning at the time wins. You know, I mean, you have to have... Any system has to have either either has to be so complete as to account for every possibility, which is practically impossible, or has to have some degree of flexibility to allow people to, you know, make an informed decision and go. So, but I agree. I you know I think that our organized play system obviously has been uh, okay. You know what what we what we have is based a lot on what Decipher had. Uh, we just completed you know the big three month review, so. People are going to be our, our guys are going to be digging through all of that to see what kind of changes we can make to to make the game a better place, make the game a better game. So, if I if I could just comment on that for a second, I mean this is going to be one of my own popular comments, but I mean I, I, another to be honest, uh, I wasn't a fan of the the overall the, the public consensus of organized play because honestly, a lot of a lot most of the people I don't know maybe seventy five percent. Don't play regularly in tournaments enough. I think to, to, to not that they shouldn't have an opinion. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying to, to most of the people who are going to that are in the poll, I, I probably don't even play three tournaments a year. So I, I think this falls under. You know, I'm usually for the people. I'm the biggest advocate for transparency and people making decisions. But this is probably I think one of the calls that should have been made by the committee itself about tiebreakers about. You know the structure of worlds. These are big, these are big decisions, and I'm not saying that this might not work out. If it works out, it's great. But I think you know some things, like you said, design can't be done by committee. And I don't think organized play can be done by uh, group rule either. So I mean, I hope it works out for the best. But you know, one of the things I, if I had my way, if I was in charge, I would have just did that internally. But that's just me. Well, you know, and again, this is really about taking the pulse of the community. This isn't, it wasn't and is not a, here's option A, here's option B, what should we do? It's not a vote. It was more of a survey. It's, you know, here are three options. Which one do you like the best and why? You know, and... Okay, that, 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 that's, that's fair enough. And, I mean, that's, that's great. Obviously, you know, you know, we, we all know, we got, you know, taking... We do have to create, we don't have, we, I know we've been accused of it. You know, I'm your biggest defender when people say that we don't listen to the people. This is one of the few times that I'm saying that was not to listen to the people, but so I mean it's good. I think I think as we go we, we go back to our recruiting or, uh, uh, topic, 
I think maybe maybe we can also use this practice for recruiting. We got to figure out, you know, what are the best ways, what people can do, what people are willing to do, and uh, what's the best way to get this game growing in the future. I agree with you completely. So, anything on your mind you wanted to ask me? When can I have my job back? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> well, you know, you can always reapply for the league director position when we post it in April. So, <laughs> no, no. But the thing about it, and I want people to know, is um, that that job got pretty. I, I got automated when the system went. The system, uh, whoever does the software. Uh, for the committee is fantastic. Um, once, you know, going into this season, everything became automated. All the points became automated. Uh, and so I pretty much became irrelevant. All I did was, you know, hey, who wants to sign up for leagues? And then I, you know, recruited people. And then I said, so I, my position is irrelevant. There, there is no need for another league coordinator, really, to be honest, besides being the lead cheerleader. So, I mean, me resigning that post was, you know, it's not, it, I didn't leave any work that, that needs to be done. But, um, I mean, as you know, me and you maintain a good working relationship. You know, we we go back to the to the heyday. So, I mean, I, I'm always I'm always at your disposal. At the at the risk of sounding like the biggest uh, the biggest trucky and dork in the world, I I have been and, and always shall be your friend, Charlie. So, uh, you know, I'm at your disposal. I always told everybody I work at the leisure of the chairman. So, I mean, I'm I'm here for you, buddy. Well, hey, you know, I've got stuff for you, and you and I have talked about a couple projects that we're going to be working on over the next year. So. You know, some people wanted me to boot you out and ban you, and that's just not going to happen. You're too valuable. So, you know, and, and and look at it this way: you don't have a green badge on your name now, so you can even if people thought that you shouldn't say stuff, now you now they don't have that argument. So, uh, it's okay. Two, 2011 is going to be the kinder, gentler killer bee. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm, I'm done. I'm, I got fired now, so I'm just going to sit back, relax, and uh, I'll just start. I'll post in my uh, I'll post my rants about cards I like and cards I don't like, and. Uh, People, people can uh, chime in when they want to. And you can always go make your profanity-laden fuck Charlie posts over at Team Jersey, so... Oh, yeah. You, you, know, you're, you know you're always welcome there. Yep. All right, John. Thanks for being on the show. No problem, buddy.